It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Samantha Garcia on this 29th day of July, 6.07 on the clock. And currently 82 degrees and cloudy outside. I guess there's supposed to be some thunderstorms. There's supposed to be a couple of uh, weather movements coming in. But we will handle those when they come. Again, welcome into the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. Samantha, how are you? Complain. Uh... It's a little cloudy out. Usually I'd like it to have a little bit more sun, but the temperature's cooling down, so I do like that I'm not completely sweating walking into the station today. Uh, that's right, and again, it's a little bit cooler. You get the rain coming in, uh, but it will not cool off the hot fat of Joey Votto as Votto has continued to rake over his six, count it, six-game home run streak, and nobody, nobody in the history of the Cincinnati Reds has a longer home run streak than Joey Votto, which is crazy to think of because Votto, you know, th this franchise is the first franchise uh, professional baseball team, right? And you go all the way back in the history of the Cincinnati Reds, a couple of great players, you know, Pete Rose, Johnny Bench, Joe Morgan. Like, there's a lot of guys that have found success at the plate from Cincinnati, and nobody has had a six-game home run streak except for Joey Votto, and not to say, I mean, Joey Votto probably had a, a Hall of Fame career, right? I mean, even before, uh, you know, this season. I mean, he's been having a couple of down seasons. He's still batting uh, 303 or around that for his career. But uh, Joey Votto continues to, to kind of punch his ticket towards the Hall of Fame no matter when that happens. And he's just, you got to enjoy what he's been doing at the plate now and what his career has been as a whole because, you know, I don't know how much longer that Votto's going to keep this up. But if he does keep it up, going to be pretty special i think this is just another reason for him to possibly be a hall of fame contender from you know being able to, to come back from a slump and put up a actual kind of record that has not happened yet for the reds you know it's bringing a little bit more pride and hope to this team and the fans that have kind of been growing a lot of gray hair from the way this season has been going. But like you said, it, it's not like he's had a crazy standout season. His average of just this season, he's only batting 278. He's got guys on his team that are hitting better than him. It's not like he's at the top of the leaderboards and then he all of a sudden had this crazy streak. Kind of came out of nowhere. Out of the All-Star break, he was a little quiet. But I guess just against these Cubbies, he's really turned it up a notch. And, you know, he's moving. he's got some heads moving. He does. And again, Joey Votto has always been a special player. He's been a guy that the Reds have been able to count on throughout his, the entirety of his career. And unfortunately, you know, they really haven't had that postseason success. And I wonder if it's because of how close they are this year. I wonder if it's, you know, with the age taking into a factor. I wonder if, if the Reds front office is trying to get Joey Votto back into the postseason. I know they were there last year, but I mean, they went, you know, they, they lost, right? I mean, it was not a, uh, a competitive postseason last year for the Reds. But, you know, maximizing the amount of, of opportunities that the Reds have uh, to try to get Votto and, uh, you know, get him that World Series ring just because of the type of player and type of, uh, you know, again, what, what he's meant to this franchise. And as Cincinnati stands right now, they sit at four and a half back on the wild card. Cincinnati is six and a half back on Milwaukee for the NL Central. And, you know, it was interesting hearing... You know, Tommy Thrall and, and uh, the other broadcasters, first name is Chris. i got to get the last name later. But uh, when they were talking about, you know, kind of the standings and the playoff push that Cincinnati is trying to have, uh, you know, there might be an opportunity for them through the wild card. And I say that because there's a lot of games between the Dodgers, the Padres, and San Francisco. So if you can capitalize on the times where, you know, the Dodgers are beating up on San Diego or San Diego's beating up on the Dodgers and then either one of them against San Francisco, you know, there's, you got to win those games when they have those matchups. But again, those are the top three teams in the NL West. Those are the top three teams, you know, in the National League, period. And you got to go through and, and hopefully make up some ground when they're beating up on each other. 
Uh, so, again, you have to pick your spots. You have to capitalize. But uh, what Cincinnati did against the Chicago Cubs, you can see clearly why the Cubs have uh, waved the white flag. You can see why, you know, probably Cincinnati has decided to go for it and, uh, and kind of go all in. And they did so without getting rid of a couple of their top prospects, which I like too. I mean, the Gibbons pitched today, pitched a perfect inning. You had Sessa and uh, Wilson pitch yesterday, a couple of the additions for, for the Cincinnati Reds, and they pitched, you know, they didn't allow a run, right? And that's what you're looking for out of the bullpen to try to strengthen it, and that's exactly what your additions have done prior to the trade deadline, which is tomorrow at 4 o'clock. So, again, I mean, the Reds have an opportunity here. They sit four and a half back on San Diego where they can make that playoff push, and, uh, you know, it's they're, they're kind of riding on the hot bat of Joey Votto, a big hit by uh, you know, the, the catcher for Cincinnati today. They, uh, again, it, it's, it's hard to read this team, but you like what they've done. They're a fun team to watch, and they're not out of it yet, which I think is the big thing. And right before that all-star break, and the reason I keep saying it, it kind of just seems like there's been two different teams. Before that break, it was a little bit slow on the bats. The pitching, we know, was not consistent enough. But there's just been almost like a fire struck underneath some of these Reds players. And to come and have a three-game winning streak against the Cubs, who are kind of chasing, who have been chasing their tail kind of all season long fighting for that second and third place just in the division. But, you know, it's it's fun to see this kind of change when it gets close to playoffs. It, obviously, that doesn't start until October, but it's creeping up. There's still two full months of baseball to figure that out. But this is a time to figure out, like you said, are you waving the flag? Are you going to make this final push? And I think the way that the Reds have been playing and strategy-wise – you know, they're they're on the right track to be doing that. I think making the trade to beef up the bullpen. I think also switching up the batting lineup, putting guys, you know, moving them around, see where they go, but also having consistency with some of your veterans. Like we say, Joey Votto's been awesome. You've seen Winker just been really consistent this year. Eugenio Suarez, you know, he went 0 for 5 last night. He was probably one of the only guys that didn't at least make contact with the ball, but... You know, he's a story for another day, but I think the way right. that we, they're... We've beaten up on uh, Eugenio Suarez uh, a couple of times on this show. And listen, he swings a hot bat when he can hit the home run. When he but, can. But he left six guys on base today. You could be looking at a totally different ball game if he gets at least a hit. But again, I mean, we'll, we'll wait to see what, what the Reds do right now. You know, offense is not their biggest issue. Of course, it is uh, the pitching. But uh, with Gibbons in there, with Sessa and Wilson... Yeah, they potentially have a, a revamped bullpen where they can count on it a little bit more. Yeah, and like you said, keeping all of the veterans and guys that have been doing well for the team is a good trade. Not to talk about the Cubs, but I will for one second. You know, they decided to pull Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant out of today's lineup, so they weren't playing in that game. Yep. You know, with the possibility of them being traded away, obviously that frustrates me being a Cubbies fan. But at the same time, you know, it's as a fan, you want to see the guys who have been on the scene for a long time to have that respect. And, you know, maybe everyone says that uh, Anthony Rizzo's kind of been the face of the Cubs these past couple years after that World Series win. And, you know, I don't know. The front office for the Cubs just kind of stresses me out a little bit. But, you know, a good win for the Reds. And that was a four-game series that they had, so taking three of four against the Chicago Cubs, it's pretty impressive. I don't know. What does their schedule look like coming up? Well, again, they have the Mets coming up, and the Mets have been playing 500 ball for about the last six weeks. However, the last time that the Mets and the Reds played, the Mets took two out of three, and it is another three-game series. The Mets will have Carlos Carrasco making his season debut and his New York Mets debut. Of course, he's the former uh, Cleveland Indian, and, uh, you know, just... A, a great story from Carlos Carrasco because, as everybody knows, came back from cancer. Um, you know, had a, a I think a hamstring injury earlier this year, so he's had a battle back from that. But you know, he's got a good mindset coming in, uh, and obviously, I, th I think that he wants to show a little bit of something, uh, especially against the Reds uh, tomorrow. But the uh, Mets will also again they'll be playing inside City Fields. They've had a lot of success home this year. The you know, debut of Carrasco plus 
the return of the black jerseys, which uh, has been something of, of excitement and also uh, debate between some media members. Um, you know, some people believe, you know, the Mets look really good in black. Some people believe that uh, the Mets should never wear black because that's not a, a part of their color scheme. Uh, but if you're a traditionalist, I guess that you don't like the Mets in black. Uh, if you are kind of, you know, of a different thinker, a different mind, you know, you might like it. I like the uh, the Mets in black. I had a, a black uh, David Wright jersey growing up. But it's going to be a special atmosphere. we got to imagine tomorrow in City Fields. It's going to be a tough one for the Cubs. Uh, not for the Cubs. I mean, the Cubs have had a, a tough season. But it will be a tough one for the Cincinnati Reds uh, to try to get, you know, this is the first time that Krasko's going to pitch for the Mets. They don't, I don't know what their scouting report looks like. I'm sure when they were doing interleague between the Reds and the Indians that they've seen Carrasco uh, quite a bit. But again, you, you got to wait and see what happens for tomorrow. But then for the Mets, you know, they're, uh, they finally have a lineup. They finally have a uh, you know, prediction as to who is going to pitch for this series, right? Because it hasn't been... A, uh, a guarantee. The Mets, I think, have more than anybody uh, to be announced, to be determined who they throw out on the pitching staff. So I think the Mets are in a little bit of a better position than what they, uh, what they would have been uh, prior to. Um, they did trade for Rich Hill. Rich Hill will go against Wade Miley on the Saturday. And then on the 1st of August, uh, Reds will have Vladimir Gutierrez against Marcus Stroman. And the first time that that happens, Vladimir Gutierrez... Uh, was not so good against the New York Mets. So it, it's going to be a, a tough upcoming series for the Cincinnati Reds, especially against a Mets team that's looking to build upon their lead in the NL East. Uh, and obviously for the Reds, it's a big series because they don't want to lose any ground to the Milwaukee Brewers or get passed by the Cardinals uh, or lose any ground to the San Diego Padres and as, as their pursuit continues for maybe a wild card spot. Uh, but a very important series for both sides, the Mets and the Reds, coming up. You know, and... I know you can only hear us, you can't see us, but I was baffled when you said August 1st. I can't believe that's coming up so soon as much as the the days go by really slow here, but the weeks literally fly by. I mean, we're going to blink and we're going to have our first football game and, you know, we know how OU is predicted to go well in the MAC and a lot of fun stuff in some college football going on, but kind of August is literally this weekend. I mean, it, Blows my mind. It does with mine too. I mean, it, it's crazy. And then on August first, we'll be about 19 days away from the start of the high school football season. I mean, that, that's coming up really quick. Uh, it'll be good to have a full season. It'll be good to see the extended postseason. Uh, I think that gives a lot more teams an opportunity to go out there and, and uh, showcase what they have. Uh, I think that. You know, probably Athens will make the postseason. I'm not really sure. I don't have a, my finger on the pulse on Athens. I think Joey's going to be the one doing the play-by-play for Athens Bulldog football uh, this upcoming fall. I should be back over on Game of the Week. I believe Kevin Dunnigan and Troy Bowen will return on football Friday night. But, yeah, once we hit August, you know, football talk will ramp up. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll be uh, getting pretty close postseason baseball, hopefully. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's uh, getting laid out early. Or is that what Yogi Berra used to say, one of his yogiisms? <laughs> it's getting laid out early. Or it's so crowded, nobody goes there. He, he had a lot of uh, lot of great sayings. And if he said it or not, you don't even know. He, he could have said these things. He could not have. Can someone fact check Connor? And call in <laughs> well, and let us know. Those are the, the couple of popular ones, right? So, But again, I mean, all the yogiisms uh, that, that Yogi Berra used to have, um, you know, some of them are attributed to him, and some of them... You know, might have been said by somebody else, but still sounded like a yogiism. <laughs> and they, uh, they gave it to Yogi Berra. But, um, again, it, it's coming up quick. August 1st, right around the corner. And a big three-game series against the New York Mets for the Cincinnati Reds. And you talked about the energy. You talked about, uh, you know, them bouncing back from that win, uh, from that loss on Tuesday. Or what was it, Monday? Monday, the loss for Cincinnati. And, you know, they, they didn't take a liking to uh, what Javier Baez did on the walk-off hit. Ever since then, and granted, Votto's been hitting home runs before then, but ever since Baez, you see the Reds put up seven runs, eight runs, seven runs, and the pitching staff also responded. Uh, so if they keep that intensity and they keep that momentum going, you know, we, it could be a good 
series for them against the Mets, uh, but a couple of toss-up games, right? Rich Hill um, and Miley. You've got tomorrow's matchup. I didn't catch who was pitching tomorrow for uh, for Cincinnati, but uh, either way, it will be a uh, difficult series on both ends. Sonny Gray, who hasn't looked great over his last couple of starts, so you got Gray, you got Miley, you got Gutierrez against Carrasco, against Rich Hill and Stroman. Mets have a pretty good pitching staff. They were able to shut down the Reds for a couple of games. And then they had that one game that was 15-11. to 11. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, nobody pitched in that game. And that was the one that uh, Gutierrez started against uh, Taiwan Walker. I think this series is going to be fun. I think for the Reds, we've been saying their bats are hot. They're swinging. They're getting on base. They're putting up a lot of points up on the board. And, you know... You're native to the Mets. I know that's your team. And, you know, I'll sit here and I'll talk nice about them. But, you know, Pete Alonso just won the home run derby. So, yes, he's not leading any kind of home run stats before that or even after that. But he's got something good under his belt, I think, for the rest of his team. You know, the Mets have been able to put up some good numbers. So I think this is going to be more about how both of these pitching teams, regardless of how many innings they're pitching, you know, how accurate can you be? How many guys can you get to keep off base? I don't know if the base running is going to be what it is, and we know both teams know how to send a ball out of the park. But just the way that, you know, we'll talk about Joey Votto, Jesse Winker, all these guys that have been shooting them out of the park, you got to have good pitching. And I know it's going to – it always comes down to that. But when you're playing against, you know, a team that has a lot of similar attributes to you, that's when you kind of have to poke out and shine, Connor. And right, I mean, right now with a couple of guys who have been familiar with these two pitchers, uh, Michael Conforto batting 500 against Sonny Gray in four at-bats, does have a home run. James McCann batting 250 against him in four at-bats, so one hit in four. Uh, Kevin Pillar in 24 at-bats, also hitting 250. Dominic Smith, 333, and Jonathan VR uh, is 0 for 6 in his time against Sonny Gray. Uh, Shogo Akiyama, 0 for 3 against Carlos Carrasco. Tucker Barnhart has one hit in four at-bats. Farmer is 0 for 2. Eugenio Suarez is 0 for 4. And Vado and Jesse Winker have seen Carlos Carrasco pretty well in five at-bats with a 400 batting average. So we'll see. We'll see. This is uh, should be a fun series coming up. Two good teams going at it. And that one will be at City Field. I'm not sure if Tommy Thrall and the broadcasters are able to travel. I hope they are. Uh, but if not... You know, they, they'll do a good job covering that game either way that it happens. We'll step aside for a quick break right here on the Sports Fan. Farm line is open at 740-592-6646. Bengals talk. Big news out of the SEC inviting that invitation has gone through for 2025 for Oklahoma and Texas. We'll talk about that and more coming up right after this. This is the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting on 970 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Are you struggling to pay out-of-pocket Medicare costs? Your deductibles, co-payments, and prescription medication can really add up. Buckeye Hills Regional Council can help you navigate confusing sign-ups and help you save money. Medicare savings programs such as extra help or low-income subsidy are available. Call 1-800-331-2644 for free over-the-phone assistance with enrollment. No waiting, no travel, just one phone call. That's 1-800-331-2644. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Hello, my name is Kevin Tidd. 
My wife, Carrie, and I are the owners of the pharmacy on Stimson Avenue. For over half a century, we have been feeding the Athens community and providing customer service that is above and beyond your expectations. It has been our lifelong dream to run our own health and wellness store, and we enjoy doing so every day. Just like how we enjoy promoting our lifestyle on WATH and WXTQ Radio. Radio advertising has worked for us, especially in these trying times, and it can work for you and your business as well. Take it from us, Kevin and Carrie from the pharmacy. Local teams, local opinions. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Back inside the studios right off of 300 Columbus Road. This is 970 97.1 FM WATH. Bills the mic alongside Samantha Garcia. You can also find us streaming online at 970WATH.com. And uh, yeah, wherever else you can find us. I think we're on TuneIn. I think we're on a couple of radio.net. Uh, we got an app, 970-WATH uh, AM, I think. Pretty sure that's what the app's name is. Uh, also, our sister station on iOS and Android devices as well, WXTQ Power 105. But you can switch between the two stations. Take us with you anytime, anywhere. Uh, coming up tonight, the big thing, at least here down in southeast Ohio, is the NBA draft. As the draft will take place 8 o'clock. And projected to go number one, it was reported by Adrian Wojnarowski, but Cade Cunningham uh, is the projected number one overall pick in the NBA draft going to the Detroit Pistons. That's a point guard out of Oklahoma State, and he was a freshman last year. But he, uh, again, that seems to be the consensus number one, as well with Jalen Green being the consensus number two. Uh, so Wojnarowski putting that out, and I'm sure he'll... Uh, it's always interesting when the NBA draft rolls around, Sam, because Woj will have the pick before this team puts out the pick. Uh, and he can't say, you know, the Detroit Pistons select Cunningham, but the number one overall pick. He has to say, it is reported that. I have heard rumors that. So it's also interesting to see and hear how he kind of phrases his tweets later on tonight because, you know, he knows who's getting picked. He's... You know, it's like a 99% accuracy whenever he puts that uh, message out there. Uh, so Cunningham will probably go number one, and I believe he said Green going number two to the uh, Houston Houston team, Houston Rockets. Um, as we go on later on in the draft, I'm not sure how high Jason Preston will go. I know his draft stock has been rising ever since, um, but yesterday we saw him around 38. Uh, but, you know, he put in the work. He's gotten his, uh, his way. Now it's a big day. Right, it's a big day for Preston, and we see where he goes and, and what NBA team will be our new favorite one. I go with the Nets because that's just closer to where I'm from. But uh, <laughs> I know there's a lot of Cavalier fans out here. Um, I, I think that we'll be supporting Jason Preston no matter where he goes. And even if you're just reading on Twitter, a lot of people that haven't even followed him in college who have been able to kind of just watch him during the combine down in Chicago. People are liking him. People really like. A lot of people say he'll be the, the steal of the draft. Even though he may not go first round, and that's not me doubting him at all. I'm just saying in terms of numbers and stock like that. A lot of people are are finally, and I say finally because you and I have been, kind of begging and bowing down on our knees to him since he was a freshman here at Ohio. But you know, six four guard. He's maybe on the skinnier side, uh, not putting up crazy numbers, not having a huge following, has an amazing tournament gameplay, obviously where Ohio took down Virginia in March Madness, kind of created some buzz for him. Then people started watching his film, and they're like, wait, who's this guy? You know, he's turning a lot of heads. He's always kind of been, he knows where he's come from. And, you know, if you haven't seen a story, I bet you can read it just on a million other places online, but he's got a really cool story, and although his past doesn't shape his where he is now, it does play a lot into kind of how he is putting himself out there. I think he's very humble, and, you know, when you look at the stats, he's putting up good numbers. Um, I think for him, it's just going to be whoever's going to be lucky enough to take him is going to be, you know, really happy with that, and I know you talk about even if they're not, even if he's not in Ohio, if he... Gets drafted, I don't know, by the kid. I don't know, Lakers. Let's just say Lakers. 
We'll still support him. We'll go get a jersey, all that fun stuff. But, you know, as much as I would love to see him get picked for the draft, he still has another year of eligibility left um, at Ohio. So if he decides... Well, since he got his... He signed with an agent, so he's no longer eligible to come oh. back. So he's, he's, he's NBA all the way right now. Oh, uh, okay. I not, did not know that. Yeah, I mean, as soon as you sign with that agent... Um, you know, it, it, his uh, collegiate eligibility is used up um, because then that, that was the step that you take from being an amateur athlete, as you're supposedly supposed to be, uh, you know, in college, and then you take the step to be a professional. And once you go professional, you can't be an amateur athlete. That's at least, you know, the, the kind of uh, sign there. But if you sign with that agent, which he has, uh, he's no longer eligible to come back to Ohio. So he's all the way in the NBA draft. And uh, even if he doesn't get drafted, I project that he will. I think Preston's going to get drafted. Uh, but if he doesn't, you know, he'll be unsigned for agent somewhere. He will be a part of the G League. He will go overseas. Uh, you know, the, he, he will continue on his basketball path no matter which way that it goes. And I project that it will be, you know, into the NBA and, and, and get drafted tonight. Um, but, you know, we, we got to see uh, where he gets drafted. If he gets drafted, I think that he will. Um, and you mentioned the Lakers, and the Lakers right now, uh, it's projected by Sports Illustrated saying that the Lakers will take Jalen Johnson, a forward out of Duke, who's a freshman. And the thing about, you know, L.A. is that they only have one pick in this draft, and it's in the first round, and it's as high as 22. I know that Preston worked out with the Lakers, and it'll be something to keep an eye on when the 22nd pick comes around. Uh, but I'm not sure if L.A. is going to go that high for Jason Preston. I hope he does. Um, but it's more projected that Preston will be drafted somewhere around 30, so high second round. Um, right now, when the Sports Illustrated mock draft, they believe that Preston will be drafted 38th by the Bulls. Uh, so Preston could be going to the Bulls, um, and they have that pick from the Pelicans, uh, if you followed that all the way around. But, uh, again, Preston's got a good opportunity here to get drafted in the top 60. You know, you do draft all the way up until 60, and interested to find out, I mean, where do you think the best spot for Preston is? I mean, what team would you want to see Preston go to if you're an NBA fan? 740-592-6646, 740-592-6646. Put a call into the sports fan. Where do you want to see Preston go? Do you want to see him go to the Bulls? Do you think he's going to get drafted as high as 22 to the Lakers? I mean, it, it's, again, he's got all the talent, and he's just kept on improving uh, year in and year out. Uh, especially under the tutelage of Jeff, uh, Jeff Bowles. So we'll see. We'll see where he goes, but that, that's uh, at least an interesting you know, question to ponder. You know, How high does Jason Preston go? I think he falls within that 30 to 38 range. Uh, that, that's going to be my take. Uh, and, you know, that's a, it's a bold statement. There's a lot of guys who, from a lot of great schools, especially all across uh, the U.S., then you have to think about overseas. I mean, obviously the COVID year, guys weren't able to play a full season, and we didn't get to see everyone's true potential. But it, I want to go back to real quick. If Jason Preston gets drafted by the Chicago Bulls, I will, I don't know, I would do a backflip. It would kind of, it's the equivalent of when uh, Joe Burrow signed with the Bengals. You just feel like a tiny bit more connected to him because you know him, you know, a tad bit better. But I just want to end that note on, you know, the draft starts tonight at 8 p.m. I don't know if that's. Eastern yep. time? Uh, 8 p.m. EST. Yeah. Eastern time. Eastern time. There you go. Are we in standard or daylight? I don't even know. It. I try to just look at my phone, and that'll tell me the date. But, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just excited that he's finally got to the point where this could possibly be the start for something new for him. So regardless where he ends up, I'm going to be happy and cheering him on. But, yeah, tonight is the draft. I We, we talked about that. A couple of weeks ago, talking about it was going to be so far away, and here we are again. It's just time is flying under me. Yeah, again, NBA draft tonight. Uh, we already saw one Bobcat get drafted already. Uh, Joe Rock going to the Colorado Rockies. And if you wanted more information on that, one of our former, I guess he's still employed here, but one of the, the former DJs over on WXTQ, Paul Holden, host of Groovy Soup. But he now hosts the Locked On Rockies podcast. And he had Russ Eisenstein on that podcast to talk about Joe Rock, so you can hear that one. I think the Mid-American Conference put out a uh, Maction podcast, and that one was an interview with Jason Preston talking about his pathway to Ohio and from Ohio on to this uh, 
new stage in his life being this NBA draft happening tonight. I mean, he's been traveling the country working out for teams left and right, which leads me to believe that, you know, he's going to get drafted at some point tonight. Uh, you know, it'd be disappointing if he didn't get drafted. Um, and yes, he had that one good game against Virginia in the NCAA tournament, uh, but it was really that the, the fighting Illini game, right, that put him on the map. When he put 30 points up against Illinois, that's when really teams started to take a look at him and, and view him as, as a uh, NBA draft prospect. I think people here in Ohio, Southeast Ohio, knew about Preston, knew about you know, his uh, on-court abilities. But that's when really I, I think that the uh, Jason Preston name went national. And once that happens, you know, you're going to get a lot of looks. Um, and obviously it didn't hurt the, uh, the game against Virginia winning that game. Uh, for Ohio, but we'll see where he goes. I mean, it's it's going to be a long night tonight, starting at eight o'clock, and I believe that'll be on ESPN for the draft. So, good luck to Jason Preston. We will follow him wherever he goes, and uh, we'll we'll just uh, we'll take it from there. We'll step aside for another break right here on the Sportsman. On the other side, again, the big news coming out of the SEC is they invite Oklahoma and Texas to join them starting in 2025 as well as some uh, Cincinnati Bengals talk as the, uh, the Bengals ramp up their training and their workouts before the season starts coming up soon. We'll, we'll be right back. This is the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Fruit has curbside pickup. Call your fruit to place a curbside order today. Simply call Fruit General Store or Fruit Pharmacy and tell our friendly fruit associates what you need. Once your order is ready, a fruit associate will let you know you can come pick up. Upon arrival, call your store, and a staff member will bring your purchase to your car. Thanks for shopping with us. Fruit is proud to be a part of your community. Visit us at fruitpharmacy.com. With Joe Biden and the radical left, it is always America last. While I was president, it was always America first, and our country was respected again. President Trump put America first with border security, energy independence, and record job creation. But in just six months, the Democrats have undone those policies. We need strong, conservative leaders in Congress to fight back. Leaders like Jeff LeRae. I'm Steve Stivers. Representing you has been the greatest honor of my life. And on August 3rd, you'll choose my successor. I'm proud to support Jeff LeRae for Congress. Jeff LeRae is a former law enforcement officer and a strong conservative leader who's fought to make our communities safer. Jeff LeRae will fight to get people back to work, strengthen our borders, and protect our conservative values. On August 3rd, please join me and support Jeff LeRae for Congress. I'm Steve Stivers, and I approve this message. Paid for by Stivers for Congress. The Athens County Fair Board made a decision this year, and we will have a new fair ride company. Monday night, August 9th, on the track will be the Tough Truck. Tuesday night, August 10th, on the track will be Cole Cave Hollow Boys and McGuffey Lane. Wednesday night, August 11th, is the Rodeo. Thursday night, August 12th, will be the Derby. Friday night, August 14th, is the Livestock Sale. Come out and support the 4-H and FFA kids. Following that, the last night, Saturday, August the 14th, will be the Truck and Tractor Pools. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Nine seventy ninety seven point one FM WATH six forty on the clock seventy eight degrees and still cloudy outside in southeast Ohio. Knows the mic alongside Samantha Garcia and Sam. You know the big news that we've been following throughout the week has been the Big Twelve and the potential for them to join the SEC coming up. I guess in twenty twenty five. Twenty twenty five. But uh, the SEC has extended an invitation to them today, and that was the one thing that we were waiting on. Yesterday, because not too long ago, the Big 12 members, uh, Oklahoma and Texas, said, hey, please invite us. And then the SEC voted unanimously earlier today, 14 to nothing. Unanimous. All 14 schools said yes, and that will expand the SEC from 14 teams to 16 teams. Uh, and it's not a quote-unquote super conference yet. Uh, that was a potential, that was a... Uh, a thing that was mentioned in ESPN a couple of days ago, 
where they could potentially have about 30 or 60 teams in the SEC, which would be crazy. Um, but as of right now, they're just expanding it to 16, and that will take effect in 2025. However, it could be in effect as early as 2022 if the grant of rights that Oklahoma and Texas signed, if they're able to void that contract and get out before then. So it could be as early as next year. It could be as late as 2025. But we do know, and it is confirmed, that Oklahoma and Texas will join the Southeastern Conference. And, you know, now the question is, now that they've been accepted, what are these last eight teams do, the ones that are left in the other conference? Do they look to go and join another team? Do they kind of follow in Texas and Oklahoma's footsteps and trying to join another one? Do they create another kind of conference? And, again, 16 teams, that's a lot, you know, that you're – Possibly extending a season a little bit longer for some of these sports. You know, you're getting a lot more foot traffic in terms of how these playoffs are going to be set up. But, you know, if we're specifically just talking about what the Big Ten was or Big 12, you know, what do these other schools have to do? You know, you can't – they can't just continue to be what they are with eight schools. It's not – it. this is Division One. You know, you kind of need to join or – figure out what you're going to do and like I said it's becoming a slippery slope of I just think it's going to turn into one big hole kind of um, I don't want to say mess that's not the right word for it but Texas and Oklahoma getting the thumbs up for the invitation is just allowing for other schools to kind of think what they want to be doing and transitions among conferences but you know this this is big I know that they keep reporting and keep saying that all this won't be able to happen until 2025, but they're getting the ball rolling now. But, hey, who knows with these eight other schools left, if they all back out and they decide they want to go join other conferences, it might happen a little bit sooner. It might. And the one thing that we were talking about yesterday as that news hit the airwaves when we were on uh, was that the Big 12 issued a cease and desist to ESPN. Uh, and that in that letter... You know, they accused ESPN of uh, you know tampering with the Big 12, and ESPN put out earlier today that you know there is nothing to cease and desist about. It's all an allegation, and they they claim it's not true. Uh, but here's the one thing that that where ESPN benefits, right? ESPN benefits from Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC because ESPN owns the rights to televise uh, the SEC, so they stand to make a lot of money. If Oklahoma and Texas both join the SEC, which will happen in 2025, one of the things that potentially could make it easier for Texas and Oklahoma to leave earlier than 2025 is if the Big 12 dissolves. And that means, you know, teams joining the Big 10, teams joining the American Athletic Conference, uh, but teams just getting out of the Big 12. And if everybody wants to leave, well, then there's no more Big 12 and there's no more massive fine that you can, uh, you know, put out there against against these teams. So th- what the Big 12 is saying is that ESPN has been in communication with other uh, members of the Big 12 saying, hey, if you join the American Athletic Conference, here is what money you stand to make by doing so. Uh, and that's where the commissioner, Bob Bowlesby, is accusing ESPN, and ESPN says that's ludicrous. And... It, it's tough when all these decisions need to be made so fast. And in terms of getting all this stuff just in this past four days, I mean, this is big news. And, you know, those eight schools, you can't go and form an independent league, not this late in the season with football going to be starting up in the next couple uh, months here. But they need to figure it out sooner rather than later. Having the go-ahead today that there's a possibility that, you know, not not a possibility that in by 2025 they will be kind of, I don't want to say inducted, but added into that. But like you said, there's a lot of schools. There's a lot of conferences. Where does the legality come out of this? How, how are conferences going to be pitching to some of these bigger schools to come here without having some sort of um, benefits or, you know, more of an incentive in – you know, we haven't heard anything from the MAC or kind of some smaller conferences that surround not even just Ohio, but across the country in terms of smaller D1 schools kind of. But, you know, where 
where do you see some of these eight schools going? Do you see them forming another different conference, or do you see them joining someone else that's already got stuff going? I see them joining somebody else. I mean, it's already been reported that Iowa State and uh, Kansas, the Jayhawks, uh, could be going to the Big Ten if the Big Ten wants to expand their schools and their affiliate members. Um, you know, and, and the rest of them, whether it be West Virginia or somebody else, I mean, West Virginia uh, could be in trouble a little bit because I don't know where they would go conference-wise. I don't see them joining the MAC. They could potentially go to the AAC, uh, American Athletic Conference, and join uh, you know, Cincinnati. Um, but I, I see the other schools kind of being picked off and joining other conferences because, you know, that's that's where the, the money is right now, right? I don't see them, uh, they don't have the, the staying power of a Texas and Oklahoma. The Big 12 was powered by those two schools. So without those two schools, the other, you know, other eight are going to have to go find a home somewhere else so they can try to find some kind of mutual benefit, uh, you know, mutually benefit from being in a conference. So that, that's I see them joining somewhere else instead of trying to form something new. Um, but again, you know it, it's all going to play out in due time. Uh, I would not be surprised though if Kansas and Iowa State join the Big Ten. The rest of them could be picked up by potentially the Mountain West, the AAC, or uh, another another conference that emerges somewhere else. I just don't see the MAC expanding uh, to join and to have those schools. But you never know. You never know. I hope the MAC picks up a couple schools and, and becomes more of a powerhouse, but. We'll see. Again, all in due time. Do you see any of these teams possibly being independent like we've seen? I know, uh, obviously, schools like Notre Dame and Navy and those kinds where, you know, they're not in one. Do you see any of these bigger schools kind of saying, ah, forget about it, we'll we'll do our own thing? Uh, I saw potentially West Virginia could be doing their own thing. Um, West Virginia, I think, would join a, a basketball conference. Right, I think that they join a basketball conference before uh, joining a, a football conference, but you never know. Uh, I, I think West Virginia could be one of the contenders to be independent and maybe just football and join a conference for basketball. But again, I, I think that all these schools would benefit better uh, being in a conference rather than going independent. Yeah, I mean, and again, we'll probably have something else come up tomorrow or some more news is going to be released and we'll have more stuff to talk about but you know i don't want to sound like a broken record on here but it's crazy to see how fast information moves and how quickly things can change just in one week you know so i think at least by next week we'll have a lot more um understanding and maybe a little bit more of a time frame in terms of when stuff is actually going to start moving because i don't know if i see all of these decisions being made and then these schools waiting until 2025. It's not like this is 2022, 2023 season. This is coming up. So I don't know. I Again, it's all in the air. It's all speculation. This is all me just gathering knowledge from uh, online sites, ESPN. I'll go on Twitter occasionally, but it's hard to fact check people on Twitter because, uh, you know, you can say what you want. There's no filter, kind of like the radio, but there's a tiny bit more of a filter here. Connor and I aren't coming on here and just uh, being completely terrible. I mean, I'm not great, but I know it's a tiny bit about stuff. But in terms of the way that this college football, I think this trade and this kind of whole situation is about college football. We know how much money it brings in. We know how big of a lot of rivals are. We know that Alabama and LSU have kind of dominated the SEC the past couple years. So, you know, just to get some more competition in it, kind of, I I don't see this being a bad idea. I just don't know how fast they can get stuff going. Right. It's all about the speed, and it's all about, you know, when when things can happen. Um, Again, early as 2022, as late as 2025, and it could happen anytime in between. But with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, I would not be surprised to see other schools joining other conferences. And uh, we'll see conference realignment in a big way uh, sometime soon. Uh, again, i, I got to imagine it's going to be before 2025. But probably next year. We'll see what happens. We'll take another break on the sports fan on the other side. Cincinnati Bengals getting all the way ready. They set some high expectations, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what they were able to come through. And uh, obviously we want to see them do well. And it all depends on, you know, their, their kind of improvements. 
on uh, on the defensive end, on the offensive line, and uh, everything in between. We'll be right back. It's the Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting at 970 97.1 FM, WATH. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the Sports Fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 593-7393. That's 593-7393. Mike Carey brags he's not a politician. He's been a D.C. big coal lobbyist for 20 years. Carey's clients supported the House Bill 6 nuke plant billion-dollar bailout scheme that led to the householder indictment, Ohio's biggest bribery scandal ever. Say no to lobbyists, bailouts, and bribes. Say no to Carey for Congress. I'm Tom Wong. I'm not a politician or a lobbyist, and I approve this message. Paid for by Tom for Ohio. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects. Let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. So some big news in sports. Russell Westbrook gets traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't know what that means now for the draft pick at 22, but uh, we'll figure that out as the draft comes up tonight at 8. And then Anthony Rizzo of the Chicago Cubs, their first baseman, is now moving to New York in the American League. Anthony Rizzo to the New York Yankees. Russell Westbrook to the Los Angeles Lakers. Two big pieces on the move right there, Sam. And, of course, as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline in baseball uh, and with the draft tonight, I'm not surprised that you know, NBA is making some ripples. And, uh, obviously, the MLB is going to be in full swing with the uh, the hot stove up and going. I'm going to need some time to process this Anthony Rizzo trade. I <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Does that mean that now the Cubs are also going to probably be trading Craig Kimbrell as well as Chris Bryant and Javier Baez? I, Do you think they're going to blow up the whole thing? They might as well at this point. They might as well. Oh, no. Uh, I hate to get emotional on here, <laughs> man. But come on. That's like if your Mets sold away Pete Alonso, you would, you would shed a tear or two, maybe. Well, this, I think the worst trade in Mets history was when they traded uh, Tom Seaver. That wasn't even alive at the time, but they traded Tom Seaver to the Cincinnati Reds. That was the worst trade in, uh, in Mets history. And I think they should have learned from that point uh, not to make a trade like that. But the ownership just didn't like Tom Seaver for some reason. Obviously, the fans did. Uh, but, you know, it's I don't want to equate it to that because, you know, Rizzo is not of Tom Seaver's caliber. Um, I'm not really sure what the Yankees gave back to Chicago in terms of prospects or major league talent. I heard Luke Voigt could have been on the uh, the trading block from the Yankees, but it's big, big news for the Yankees who are still trying. They got crushed. They absolutely got crushed today uh, by the Tampa Bay Rays, 14 to nothing. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it's surprising that the Yankees want to be buyers instead of sellers at, at this point because they're just, the division is out of reach. And they might be able to, you know, pull off a wild card spot. And I get it, they're the Yankees, but what are they doing? You know, it, it, they, they're out of it. And it's been like that for a while now. You're kind of just, you're watching a game with your buddy. You're watching a Yankees game, and you're looking at each other like, what is going on? Just a complete fall apart from all ends of that team. Hopefully Anthony Rizzo's their ticket out of kind of chaos, but, 
man. Well, they got Joey Gallo yesterday. They got Rizzo today. That's been reported. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of surprising, but the Yankees right now are sitting nine games back on Boston, who leads. Yankees just got throttled by the Tampa Bay uh, Tampa Bay Rays, 14 to nothing today. They're only a game up, game and a half up on Toronto. Um, and you know what? The three games back on the wild card, but still, I mean, it's a very difficult climb up. They sit behind Seattle. There's two games back on Oakland, and then Tampa Bay has the number one spot in the wild card. I don't know. I don't know what the Yankees are doing, but they're going to try to make a push. And uh, they're obviously getting a couple of big names to try to bolster that lineup. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. In terms of just all the other trades, there's still one more day left. So who knows? We may wake up tomorrow and Cincinnati Reds has a whole new batting lineup. Um, but, yeah, they didn't have any insane trades. Just to go back to the Reds for a second, I didn't see, you know, obviously there wasn't any one, one of their veterans that has been able to kind of just send him off in a way, but... Happy with what they're doing. Not happy with the Cubbies, but I don't know, Connor. I'm sad. Again, I told you the Cubs were waving the white flag. I didn't know they were going to wave it, you know, this effectively, <laughs> you know, because, why? again, they paid a lot of money to try to keep that core group together with Rizzo, Bryant, Baez. You know, they got Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, they were trying to go for it this year, and they just have not been able to put it together. I don't know. Do you think David Ross is to blame? Uh, we won't go that far. But in terms of the way that the Yankees have been playing, I don't like it. But in good news, Cincinnati Reds are doing kind of well. So I think we should leave it like that. You know, leave it. <laughs> it we'll bash all the other teams, but the Reds are doing fine. I'll give them that. Listen, I'll, I'll tell you somebody else who's hurting like you, and it's probably J.W. Smith, because J.W., I know he's a frequent listener of the program, and he's a huge Chicago fan, uh, not a big L.A. Laker fan. He's not a not a big LeBron James guy. Uh, so I don't know how he feels about the Westbrook trade going to the Lakers. But again, it's uh, not a good sign from Chicago when they're trading a couple of star players. Uh, Rizzo on the move to the Yankees. Bryant, Kimbrell, Baez probably on the move somewhere else. Uh, could it be the Mets? Could it be you know, the Padres? Could the Dodgers be looking to improve? Who knows? But they are absolutely... Uh, not going for it this year. They are 100% sellers. That means it's a two-man race for the NL Central. Milwaukee Brewers and the Cincinnati Reds, potentially the Cardinals. Cardinals aren't too far back, but seems like it's a two-man race right now. This has been the Sportsman, presented by J&K Contracting, a 970 97.1 FM WATH. For Samantha Garcia, this is Connor Mills signing off. We'll talk to you tomorrow, same time, same place. CBS News is next, as well as Classic Cruising with Butch. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H.